0: Well, good evening. It's good to be here at Summer Bible School. Between faith builders and singing tours and a West trip, I think it's been five or six years since I've been here at Summer Bible School. So, feels like a long time, so it's good to be here tonight. In 1776, a group of men were tired of being under the British control, the oppression of the British government, and they wanted something different for the next generation. So a group of 56 men got together, and they signed the Declaration of Independence. Fun fact, two of the signers of the Declaration of Independence went on to become presidents. Not George Washington, he was in New York getting ready to go into battle, but John Adams and Thomas Jefferson. And this is crazy, but they died hours apart on the same day, July 4th. 1826, the 50th birthday of the nation. Tonight we're going to look at at two other men from another generation who were raised in oppression and slavery and they too wanted something different for the next generation and they were able to lead them into freedom. Does anyone know who Shamwa is or was? Shamwa. What about Shaphat, Egal, Palti, Gadiel, Gadi, Amiel, Sether, Nachbi, and Jeuel. The spies. We don't know much about them. They're the ten spies that we sing about when we say the ten were bad. They're the ten most important, ten of the most important men of Israel of their time. They were the heads of the tribes of Israel. And two of them, who I haven't named yet, were Joshua and Caleb. Tonight I want to especially look at Caleb and learn some lessons from the way that he lived and hopefully take some some things that we can apply to our lives. Caleb was probably born in Egypt under the rule of Pharaoh in the grips of slavery. And so he would have been raised in a slave family. Now it is possible, um, it says in, in scripture that he was a Kenizzite. And that means that he was a descendant of Kenaz. And Kenaz was the grandson of Esau. That means that technically, Caleb was not one of the children of Israel. He was a children of, not not a child, children of Jacob, but a children, he was of the children of Esau. And so he would have joined at some point, likely if he was a head of the tribe, He would have probably been with them through slavery and the exodus. And he would have had to prove himself in some way. So when he was 40 years old, that's when he left Egypt with the Israelites. And that's the first time he's mentioned in the Bible. I'd like you to turn to Numbers chapter 13. Caleb was a courageous man. He had the courage to move at every step of life. Courage is one thing that sticks out to me about the life of Caleb. General George Patton said, Courage is fear holding on just one minute longer. Well, tonight I want to give three ways that Caleb's faith influenced his life. And the first way is that Caleb had faith to forget the past. So in Numbers 13, verse 6, you see Caleb, that's his first mention, along with the headmen of the 11 other tribes in there. He was one of the twelve spies who was chosen to go into the, chosen to go into the land of Canaan, the promised land, the, the land that God had promised to them, and look over it and bring back a report. So they secretly spied out the land and they saw all kinds of good things. It was a land of milk and milk and honey. It was a land with grapes and clusters fall, and they had to actually carry the clusters between two men. So it was a it was a fertile, rich land, and they all saw that. They all saw the same thing. It was not like these men saw different things. It was everything that God had already said that it was going to be. You see, they didn't have to spy out the land. They could have taken God's word for it when he promised them that he was going to give them a land flowing with milk and honey. And they were even told by the Lord about the giants. They knew that was coming as well. However, the spies returned 40 days later after uh, sneaking around in Canaan with all of those giants. And their reports differed. There was a majority port, report and there was a minority report. So we're going to read here starting at verse 26. And they went and came to Moses and to Aaron and to all the congregation of the children of Israel unto the wilderness of Paran to Kadesh and brought back word unto them and unto all the congregation and showed them the fruit of the land. And they told them and said, We came unto the land whither thou sentest us. And surely it floweth with milk and honey. And this is the fruit of it. But the people be strong that dwell in the land. And the, and the cities are walled and very great. And moreover, we saw the children of Anak there. The Amalekites and the Hittites and the Jebusites and the Amorites and the Canaanites and the Termites and Mosquito Bites. Now, listen to what Caleb said. Caleb was outstanding because it was he who stepped forward in the face of this negativity and he brought forth a positive report. Hard to do. Numbers 13 verse 30. And Caleb stilled the people before Moses and said, Let us go up at once and possess it, for we are well able to overcome it. Courage. Caleb was a man of faith. people of Israel, in the, in the last verse of the chapter there, they call themselves grasshoppers. The ten saw big people and a little God. And Caleb and Joshua saw big people and an even bigger God. What's our perspective? What's your perspective? Is God big enough to fight your giants? When little grasshopper David went to fight against Goliath, everyone else said he's too big to kill. And David said, he's too big to miss. He said, God is with me. Maybe instead of telling our God how big our giants are, maybe we should tell our giants how big our God is. So the ten, they said, they're grasshoppers. And this continues here into chapter 14, the bad report. It got to the children of Israel, and fear spread quickly. Contagious fear was faster than the conquering faith. And they said, oh, that we would have died in the wilderness. And God said... Okay. And those very people that wished that they would have died in the wilderness were the very ones who did in the next 40 years. Be careful what you wish for. In verse 4, they wanted to elect a captain to lead them back to Egypt, back to slavery. How foolish is that? So Joshua and Caleb tried to convince them again. We're in Numbers 14 now. And verse 6. And Joshua, the son of Nun, and Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, which were of them that searched the land, rent their clothes. And they spake unto all the company of the children of Israel, saying, The land which we pass through to search it is an exceeding good land. If the Lord delight in us, then he will bring us into the land and give it to us, a land which floweth with, with milk and honey. Only rebel not ye against the Lord, neither fear ye the people of the land, for they are bread for us. We're going to eat them up. Their defense is departed from them, and the Lord is with us. Fear them not. Caleb had turned his back on Egypt. He wasn't going back. Caleb was going to to a new place. It's interesting that many years later, when the spies went to Rahab's house, there were two of them that time, they went and talked to Rahab, uh, who was a Canaanite, and she told them what the Canaanites were actually thinking of the children of Israel. This is from Joshua 2, 9 to 11. She said, I know that the Lord hath given you the land, and that your terror is fallen upon us, and that all the inhabitants of the land faint because of you. For we have heard how the Lord dried up the water of the Red Sea for you when ye came out of Egypt, and what ye did unto the two kings of the Amorites whom ye utterly destroyed. Verse 11. And as soon as we had heard these things, our hearts did melt. The giant's hearts did melt. Neither did there remain any more courage in any man because of you. For the Lord your God, he is God from heaven above and in earth beneath. The reality of this was that even though the children of Israel thought they were grasshoppers, Rahab told them that these giants were actually scared of them. God had gone ahead and readied the enemies by putting fear in their hearts. But they didn't listen to the promises of God. And there were some lasting results because they didn't claim that promise. One of them is that even in the height of the Israelite um, reign during the time of David and Solomon, they controlled about one-tenth of the land that God had, ta- had told them about in, in uh, Numbers and Deuteronomy, Exodus. Of all the promises God has given to us, I don't know how many there are in the Bible. But of all the promises God has given to us, how many are we claiming and walking in and enjoying for ourselves? Charles Spurgeon said, Most Christians concerning the promise of God are only up to the ankles. Some others have waded into the stream. Some others have waded until the stream is up to the knees. A few find it chest deep and only a few, oh how few, find it to be a river to swim in the bottom of which they cannot touch. The promises of God are there for us. Yet so often we don't claim them. Like the children of Israel didn't claim the promise, the promised land. Children of Israel, they were thinking about the past. They were thinking about where they came from and the, and the good life that they thought they had had. At least the, the food and some things like that. But Caleb had the faith to forget the past and move on from the past. He was ready to claim the promises of the Lord. And he never let go of that promise for 45 years of wandering in the wilderness he claimed that promise that's called persistence keep going forward and if God has led you to a decision or something that is that is tough if you're seeing giants in your life don't be discouraged have the faith keep have the faith to move on pass it keep pressing on philippians 3:13 but this one thing i do for getting those things which are behind and reaching forth into those things which are before. Memories are indeed wonderful things. And we need to know where we came from and we need to know history so that we don't repeat the, the mistakes of, of those in the past. But if we keep looking back, we'll never be able to go straight. You can't drive a car only looking at the rearview mirror. We have to move on, and Caleb had that courage to move on. Caleb also had the faith to face the present. Second reason Caleb had the courage to move on is that he was able to live faithfully in the everyday moments everyday life. He had a host of challenges every day, and I I tried to come up with a list of of challenges that Caleb had. Um, he, He had to wander in the wilderness just like everyone else. Even though he had wanted to go in, he was subject to the same punishment, the same 40 years of wandering in the wilderness as everybody else. So, some of Caleb's daily challenges. First one, a tough desert. He walked for 40 years. Now, it is 240 miles from Egypt to Canaan. 240 miles. That means that they were traveling at a dashing pace of 6 miles per year if they would have been going in a straight line. And so he wandered that same desert and walked those same miles every year. God's presence was was with them, but life was hard. They had snakes and they had scorpions and they didn't have water and life circumstances were hard. And Caleb had to face those as well. Remember too that Caleb survived 40 years in the wilderness while his entire generation died. Everyone his age died. There were, this is what Bible scholars estimate, there were 1.2 million that had to die off. 1.2 million people in 40 years. That's 85 funerals a day or 7 funerals per hour of the waking hours in a day. Now, there were some, some mass deaths like the uh, rebellion of Korah and the time that the snakes were around. But that's a lot of funerals and a lot of gloom that would have been going on in Caleb's life as he watched all of the people his age die. It, there was this constant reminder for him and for all of the children of Israel that the wages of sin is death. That was very vivid in their minds. Another one was the negativity of the people. We know about their whining and complaining. The ten spies, they came back with a negative report, and that negative report swept the the children of Israel, and pretty much everybody had that negative report except maybe three men, Moses, Joshua, and Caleb. There may have been more, but we know about three out of two million. The majority is not always right. Another one was aging. While Caleb was wandering in the desert, he was spending his prime years. He, he spent from 40 to 85 wandering, but age did not deter Caleb at 85 years old. And we're going to come back to that. Uh, that's an important part of the study, the study of the character of Caleb. Another one was his non-Hebrew descent. He was a Kenizzite, and so he was a descendant of Esau. And I'm sure he had to prove himself to be selected as a spy, as a head of the tribe of Judah, one of the important tribes. Um, but it was not easy going for him because he he was coming from a place where it was not it was not um, something he wasn 't a jew uh, necessarily he was maybe a converted um, Jew. Another one was personal hindrances in in Hebrew, the name Caleb simply means dog now. In English, it has been uh, changed to where we take some of the positive characteristics of dogs. Uh, it means faithful, wholehearted, bold, and brave. But it was almost as if his father Jafuna. Uh, had this bitter sense of humor when Caleb was born. And he recognized that Pharaoh and the Egyptians are going around killing the babies and throwing them into the river and all of those horrible things that we've been talking about in Sunday school class. And he said, what's the use of having a son? The son is just going to have a dog's life anyway. And so he named him Caleb. It would have been kind of a rough life being being a boy named Caleb, a boy named Dog. Dogs weren't looked favorably on. But uh, every good dog does know his master. And Caleb decided that he would follow the Lord wholeheartedly. There are six times in the Old Testament where it uses that word wholeheartedly to describe the way that Caleb followed God. And it's a, it's a testimony that Joshua said about Caleb. It's a testimony that uh, Moses said about Caleb. It's a testimony that even God, uh, the Lord, said about Caleb. So he had to overcome all these lists of things he had to overcome. And grasshoppers and, and giants and gray hairs and, and much, much more. Caleb followed the Lord wholeheartedly in his life. And God promised to take Caleb to the promised land. And he overcame adversity from every side. One of my favorite poems is entitled, Don't Quit by Edgar Albert Guest. I get my sixth grade students to memorize it every year. And just the first stanza, it says, Somebody said that it couldn't be done. But he with a chuckle replied that maybe it couldn't, but he would be one who wouldn't say so till he'd tried. So he buckled right in with the trace of a grin on his face. If he worried, he hit it. He started to sing as he tackled a thing that couldn't be done, and he did it. And it goes on to, to say more. And that, that's Caleb, persistent courage. He was going to move on despite the odds. Number three, Caleb had the courage to move on. Because he had the faith to face the future. Turn to Joshua chapter 14. Caleb recollects his life in verse 7 starting in verse 7 He says 40 years old was I when Moses the servant of the Lord sent me from Kadesh-Barnea to a spy out the land and I brought him word again as it was in mine heart And everybody probably 40 years everybody kind of rolled their eyes and thought oh here this old guy goes he was he was at least at least 20 years older than everyone else at this point he was the oldest he, was, he and, and Joshua were 20 years older than the, the next oldest of the children of Israel. Verse 8. Nevertheless, my brethren, that went up with me, made the heart of the people melt. But I wholly followed the Lord my God. What an amazing testimony. I wholly followed the Lord. And Moses swore on that day, saying, Surely the land whereon thy feet have trodden shall be thine inheritance, and thy children's forever. Because thou hast wholly followed the Lord my God. And now, behold, the Lord hath kept me alive. As he said, these forty-five years, even since the Lord spake this word unto Moses, while the children of Israel wandered in the wilderness, and now, lo, I am this day fourscore and five years old. Happy birthday, Caleb. Verse 11. As yet I am as strong this day as I was in the day when Moses sent me. As my strength was then, even so is my strength now, for war both to go out and to come in. Imagine an 85-year-old claiming to have the strength that he had when he was 40 years old. Caleb could say that because he, he knew that the battle was never his to begin with. He knew that he was not going to be the one fighting in the first place. And he could say that because he had claimed the promise that God had given them the land. God was going to give it to them. So he's 85, but nothing has changed. The battle is still going to be won now, like it would have been won back then, the Lord is going to conquer this land. now, Joshua and Caleb, they were both old. I mentioned it earlier we're talking twenty years older than the the next the rest of their people because of everybody that had died. God knew that, but in Joshua chapter thirteen, verse one, we read. Now Joshua was old and stricken in years, and the Lord said, he was old and stricken. And the Lord said unto him, Thou art old and stricken in years, but there remaineth yet very much land to be possessed. God needed these old men, these octogenarians, these 80-year-olds, to seal the deal for him. He needed them to, to be the one that would lead him in. When you serve the Lord wholeheartedly, you never retire from his service. Now back to verse 12, uh, Joshua fourteen twelve. Now therefore, now that, I'm, now that I'm 85, give me a cabin by the Mediterranean Sea. Give me a place where I can just prop my feet up and relax. I've earned it. Not, not this old guy. Not Caleb. Now therefore, give me this mountain whereof the Lord spake in that day. Give me this mountain. For thou heardest in that day how the Anakims were there and that the cities were great and fenced. If so be the Lord will be with me then I shall be able to drive them out as the Lord said. I want to be like Caleb. When he's old and he's ready to to start up a whole brand new challenge like he hasn't had yet. 85 years old. So now Caleb is old and he's in the promised land but a portion of it has yet to be won. They haven't conquered everyone. The giants of Anak were still in the hills in the land of Hebron. And they were living in the, the best place of land for fending off the attack. They were on the hill country. You know the toughest spot for an enemy to, to conquer? It's a fort on a hill. Because you can look down and see attacks from every side. And for the enemy to get to you, you have to, to climb and go against the against gravity. It's a big task. Here's 85 year old Caleb. Trying to climb a mountain. To battle against people taller than NBA centers. Against huge people. Caleb picked the toughest enemy. And maybe the toughest land. And he said I want it. And I know that God has promised it to me. 85 years old. And he's dreaming of taking over Hebron. Now Hebron means communion for 40 years israelites were whining and complaining wanting to go back to egypt Caleb said i want to go to hebron i want communion with god and 40 years they killed it killed off the rest all of the rest of the the of his age but it didn't kill Caleb they all grew old but Caleb stayed young 40 years he communed with god Caleb had faith for the future He had the faith to say, God, I want Hebron. I know there's giants. There were 40 years ago and they're still there. But I have the chance now and so I'm going to go take them. Did Caleb take the land? Of course he did. Joshua 15, 14 from Hebron. Caleb drove out the Anakites. Hebron was his. God was greater than all of those giants. Caleb had a Great decision in the walking years of his life, he had great dedication in the working years of his life, and he had great determination in the weaker days of his life. Caleb stayed strong. Now, it's one thing to start well, but it's a completely different thing to finish strong. The Amazon River starts 70 miles from the Pacific Ocean in the snowy Andes Mountains. And it, thro- it travels 4,000 miles through Bolivia, Venezuela, Colombia, Ecuador, and Brazil before emptying out into the Atlantic Ocean. And at the point where it empties into the Atlantic Ocean, it's 100 miles wide plus. It starts as a little stream where you can jump across, and it ends rushing and roaring and pushing out into the ocean. That's Caleb's life, and this can be our life too if we have the courage to move on. Remember, this courage will come if we follow the Lord wholeheartedly. So how do we follow the Lord wholeheartedly every day? We can commit to following God, even if it means going against the flow, even if it means being in the minority and not being where everybody else is at. Being willing to stand up for what you know is right. Another one is accepting the sovereign choices of God. If I put myself in the shoes of Caleb, I probably would have complained when the children of Israel complained because I would have said, we wouldn't have to be here, but you guys thought that you weren't able to take the giants, and so it's your fault. And we don't read of Caleb ever having that attitude. He accepted God's will for his life, and he wandered in the wilderness with the rest of them. Act on God's promises. Claim God's promises. God has written them for us and we need to claim them and not let them be the promised land that the children of Israel never claimed. Be willing to tackle tough turf. Be a lifetime follower of God. It isn't for the faint hearted. It's for the faith hearted. There's a big difference between promise and possession. And Caleb figured that out. He, God had promised the land of Israel but the children of Israel, they had to go in and possess it. It wasn't... It wasn't theirs until they actually did something about it. That promise must be pursued and it must be possessed before it becomes reality. Will there be trials? Well, God had a flood for Noah and he had a fire for the three Hebrews and he had lions for Daniel and he had a cross for Jesus. But there's victory in the midst of all of those trials that they had to face and there will be victory for you too. Be courageous like Caleb. Have faith like Caleb. I'm going to close with a poem that I found about the life of Caleb, and I couldn't find the author. He stood before Joshua with flashing eyes. Give me this mountain before I die. But Caleb, you're old and the mountain is high. Choose a peaceful spot on this plain to lie, to die. The people who live in the mountain are strong. The battle you fight will be bloody and long. His eyes never wavered as he spoke without fear. I've been promised this mountain for 45 years. And as for the people being mighty and tall, the bigger they are, the harder they fall. For it's not my strength on which I'm counting. For the Lord is going to give me that mountain. So let's quit talking while it is still light. For the Lord and I have a battle to fight. I hope that we can claim the same courage and the same faithfulness that Caleb was able to claim and use that long into our, 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 our getting older years and that we can continue serving the Lord faithfully. Thank you.